0: Hello, real life family and friends, and if you're busy with us, uh, thanks for tuning in with us. I'm glad that we can spend these minutes together just celebrating uh, God, learning about God and what God is doing. And uh, we're picking up in a series here on week two of a series called 40 Years of, uh, of Faithful Ministry because um, we are celebrating in two weeks our 40th anniversary as a church Back in September of 1981, uh, this whole journey as a spiritual family, as a church began and, uh, and so we're excited. We're taking a few weeks together just to celebrate what God has done and what God is still doing and what God is yet to do in us and through us as a family. And last week, I uh, started this series out by talking about some of our core passions and purposes that have been with us from the very beginning. And those things uh, that I spoke about last week were about relationships and having these authentic, real relationships with each other And uh, that's really part of the motivation of our name now, which we call ourselves Real Life, because we want to have real life together. We are real people. We have a real God, and he has real answers for us. And we're not about religion. We're not about faking anything. We're not trying to, uh, you know, uh, uh, pose something that's not real. We want to be real, real people. And in our relationships, when we're real, and we can be honest with each other, well, I found that that actually is a huge um, help for us to experience freedom. And so I talked about freedom last week as well. And in the authentic relationships that we cultivate with each other, um, there's a verse in the Bible that I I like to use in this context that really brings the purpose for our relationships to the forefront. And it's James chapter five or 16. And it's, uh, the Bible basically says, therefore, confess your sins one to another or to one another uh, and pray for one another so that you can be healed. Now, um, the idea that I was sharing last week about relationships is if we have a level of honesty and authenticity with one another, that is this idea of confessing sins or just being real with each other, right? And when we're real with each other, we can support each other and uh, pray for each other and we will find freedom together together. In these kind of relationships, so I just pray that you have these kinds of friends, that you're seeking these kinds of relationships out, and uh, that as a spiritual family, we're creating this environment where you can be yourself, you can be real, and and because there are there are real people around us uh, that will be walking through life together with us. And we're doing life together with God's help. And through that relationship, connection, through God's word, through God's spirit, and through these kind of relationships, we find freedom. We find support. We find encouragement. And, uh, and that's what we want to cultivate here at Real Life. Now, today I want to talk about two other passions of our church that have been with us from the very beginning for the last 40 years and are going to continue to drive us forward. And that is missions and evangelism. Now evangelism really means to preach the good news and the good news is gospel. That's what the gospel means. And so the church's mission is to reach out to the lost with the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that God loves us. Jesus died for us to set us free from our sin and to to create a new relationship with us so that we're alive in him. And uh, our mission Really is to take that message to the world, to love people where they're at, and to do the good works that God's put on our heart to do. And these are the things that uh, real life we've been doing for the last 40 years. And I just want to celebrate some of those things with you and continue to fan uh, the into flame uh, this passion for making an impact in our world. So let's talk about this. A church is not to be static or dry. We're not supposed to be just predictable and ordinary or formal and joyless. Rather, the church is supposed to be dynamic and organic and alive and joy-filled and spontaneous and vibrant and exciting. You know, we're supposed to be real, not religious. Um, we're supposed to expect the extraordinary, the supernatural. And uh, and there needs just needs to be this vibe about the life of the church that, That we are contagious with life from God himself, right? And so we have seen this in our season, um, for seasons in the past uh, 40 years, different times where there was just a great move of God, you might call it a revival or renewal, where there was explosive growth, and there was great excitement, and there was just the, the movement of the power of God in our lives, and that was certainly the beginning of this church. But even throughout our last 40 years of history, there's been waves of this type of activity of God that comes upon us, and the church grows, and there's excitement, and there's, and there's movement. And my prayer is that we will experience another wave of revival here at Real Life in the days ahead. Uh, and when that, those times, uh, as I've watched these things unfold in my lifetime, when we first started this church uh, in 1981, I was uh, 12 years old, 11 years old, just about to turn 12 years old. So I grew up in this church and I've seen these waves uh, over the past 40 years. Personally, I've been a part of these moments in our church. And, and when I've seen them and I reflect on them, the, some of the things that uh, characterize that, those, those times where God was the focus or the priority of the people's lives, where God was number one in our hearts and people were being touched in powerful ways by God's Spirit. Also, unsaved people were being attracted to God through the life change that they saw in the people around them. And many people began to get saved and transformed and experience God's love. And the church would grow and multiply. And there's just a genuine hunger for God. And a greater love for people, especially the people that we would we term are lost, that haven't found Christ yet. And just generous giving to the mission of the church and an excitement to reach the lost for Him. There's been a desire for more Bible study and more prayer meetings and more fellowship together. And uh, it's a prayer of mine that we will see another fresh move of God. And so this Saturday coming up, September 11th at 630, we're going to have a special service commemorating our celebration, our 40 years of celebration weekend. And so Saturday night at 6.30 here at the church, we're going to have what I'm calling Fresh Fire, a worship service and a message from my good friend, Tim Forstoff, Pastor Tim Forstoff from Cornerstone Church about the Holy Spirit, that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit with some fresh fire And uh, we're just believing for the same anointing, the same fire of God that started this whole journey will revisit us again as a church as we move forward into the next chapter of our journey together. So come on out if you're able to make it this Saturday, September 11th, 630. If you're hungry for God, you want more of Him, you want all that God has for you, let's come out together, let's get filled up and fired up with some fresh fire. Amen? So as we talk about... um, this kind of experience this dynamic of our history it reminds me of the early church and this is what the bible says about the early church and the kind of the environment that was created in the beginning of the church itself it says here in acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47 they devoted the people devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer there was great devotion in the church god was first in everyone's lives goes on to say everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles there were miracles there were there was just extraordinary supernatural things happening. And we love to see that happen. We love to see God move like that. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They shared their lives together. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. There's a great concern and love for people around, uh, around them. And it says every day, They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They they shared life together. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And there was a contagiousness to the early church. And we desire a contagiousness here at Real Life that our lives are so transformed, so alive in God, that the people on the outside take notice and there's a favor that falls upon us. And there's a desire, you know, to experience what we're experiencing. There's almost a jealousy of, I want that life too. Do You see what I'm saying? And that, that's the dynamic. That's the, that's the supernatural that God wants to do in us and through us. And it goes on to say, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that's going to be part of something I want to stress is, you know, this is my prayer for our church. This is a prayer of every pastor that the people would be completely surrendered and committed to God, that we would put Him first in our lives and surrender all to Him, that we would be hunger, uh, hungry and, and, hungering and thirsting you know, uh, for all that God has for us and that we would come alive and be filled with the Spirit and that God would be moving in us and through us in a powerful way that we're just overflowing with contagiousness of the life that God has poured into us. But I can't do that and you can't do that. But we can posture ourselves under God for God to do that in us and through us. And that's my prayer for us, that we would allow God to do a great work and renewing work, a reviving work in us and through us, because this world is crazy right now. This world needs the message of the gospel. This world needs the life that Christ has come to give us. He, this world needs the joy that he wants to fill our hearts with and healing and, and wisdom and guidance. And that's why we're here, the church, the people of God, reformed and transformed by the power of Jesus And that's the message that we get to offer. So there's two points I want to make about missions and evangelism today in this message. And they're very short. Number one, be alive. And number two, go. So we need to be alive. Let me talk about being alive first. The church consists first and foremost of individuals who have had an encounter with God and has experienced transformation from life, from death, Into life, from darkness into light, from bondage into freedom. So while the church, big church, is all of us together, it actually is consisting of one person at a time. You, me, me, you, having a personal encounter with God where Christ changes our lives, awakens us, frees us, Injects us with life and purpose and passion and joy. That's the church. It's made up of one person at a time like you and me who have encountered God, who has been visited by God's presence, whose life is changed. And we need to be alive. This is not a religious institution. This is a personal relationship with God of people coming together and experiencing this God together. Right? And so you and I, we need to be alive. And that is the power of our witness. Jesus said this in Matthew five fourteen. you are the light of the world. In fact, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But then he says, you are the light of the world. What he's saying is, I'm in you. And now the life that, that I have is now in you and you begin to shine where you go. In fact, he put it this way in John eight twelve. It says this, Jesus spoke again to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. Let me talk about that phrase, the light of life. The light that we are shining as children of God is the fact that we are alive. We have life. We have real life, right? Our light is that you are alive. Your light is that you are in freedom, that you are walking in health and wholeness, that God is blessing you and that you are overcoming the darkness. Uh, You have a positive attitude, a contagious joy, a passionate purpose because Christ is in you and he's changed you. And that's the light that shines in your life. And so when we, uh, as a church and as individuals, as we follow the mission that God has for us to share this good news, we're not just sharing words. We are demonstrating the power of that message in our own lives because we have experienced it. And we're oozing or contagious with life, life from God. Jesus said this in John ten ten: the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, have abundant life. And when we are alive in God, when we are submitted to God, when we are enjoying the favor and blessings of God, we are more alive by far than a person without God. Right? We have the wisdom of God. We have the joy of God. We have the outlook of God. We have the freedom instead of bondage. Uh, and we have health instead of sickness and disease. We have wisdom instead of foolishness. And our life itself is oozing with God's blessing and abundance and favor and goodness and joy. And that is what shines. It's not just about persuasive words. It's about demonstrating the effect of a relationship with God and that's who you are so number one be alive be alive in God if you're feeling dead dry depressed down then you need to seek after God you need to humble yourself before God you need to find more life and new life in him in him and the second point I I made and I'm gonna teach on now is go we need to now go right, from this place of being injected with new life, or like I I like to think of real life, right, now the believer goes into all the world, not with just a message of hope, but with a personal demonstration of a transformed life. So the words match, uh, you know, the visual of our lives. And our witness is that we're alive with God and we profess the gospel, the good news of God's love through Jesus Christ. First Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, God has redeemed you, he's redeemed me, and now we get to proclaim that th- what God has done, our story of how God has saved us and transformed us. He has pulled us out of a kingdom of darkness, transplanted us into the kingdom of light. We are now the children of God, and we are now alive and free in him. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So Paul, when he was uh, preaching the gospel, he would also be a missionary. He was going all over the known world to him at that time and setting up churches. And one of those places was in the town of Ephesus. And it says that town uh, that Paul spent two years teaching daily uh, the disciples of Jesus in Ephesus. And it says in Acts chapter 19, verse 10, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. How did everyone in this huge region of the world hear the word of the Lord if Paul was in one place for 2 years? How did they how did that happen? Well, it happened because everybody who heard the gospel in Ephesus went back home, went back on their journey, and they went and they were going but they were going with the message themselves. And all of us are the carriers of the good news. All of us have the same mission from God, to share the good news, to evangelize, to give, um, uh, to give the good message to everybody wherever we go. So we may not go to another country, but we go to a home with a family, we go to a school with our friends, we go to a community with neighbors, we go shopping at a certain store, we have a team that we play with or on, we have these different influences around us, we all have a mission field. And the church, and I'm talking about you, I'm not talking about a building, I'm talking about you and me, the church's mission is to go with the good news and share it and demonstrate it to all those around us. So where are you going? Right now, you know, part of what I do is I go to Hill-McCloy High School as a cross-country coach and a track coach. I live across from the subway here in downtown Montrose. So I I have places that I'm going and wherever I go, I'm not just, just getting through the day, but I am on a mission to carry the gospel and to preach it and to demonstrate God's life to the the students that I coach, and to the people that I'm around. And so do you, and from a Sunday morning service, when we leave, we all go on our own journey, and we are taking the good news with us so that everyone will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ through us, the church. And so, that's how Paul did it, that's how we do it. And for the last 40 years, well, about 35 years of those 40, we have been going into India by supporting Christ for India. We've been going into Africa and partnering with Cindy's Hope the last several years. We've been going into Teen Challenge in Saginaw and supporting that ministry that helps people get set free from life-controlling substances to, to find how to depend and live on Jesus Christ, not anything else. Isn't that awesome? So as a church, we are going into the schools. We're going into this community. We are going into every open door that God gives us because we are commissioned by him to take that good news to everyone. So where are you going? Because you are the church, and wherever you go, you're taking a vibrant relationship with God, and you're taking the good news with you to share with those that God has put in your path the good news that God loves them, Jesus died for them, and they can be saved and forgiven of their sins and have eternity with him in heaven. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And you bring a message to everybody around you that God loves them, that God is ready to forgive them. He's ready to set them free. He's ready to restore them and heal them through Jesus Christ. You see, that's what the gospel is all about. And the church cannot forget that our mission is to share that good news with the lost.
1: Well, my name is Charlie Lang. I'm one of the elders of the church. And Many of you see me every Sunday when uh, you come to church, we have this one second relationship where we say good morning and sometimes even I'll see you as you go out the door. But I'm here to talk with to you a little bit about Teen Challenge and Christ for India. Teen Challenge has been a part of our church from almost the very beginning. I've been on the board at Teen Challenge for the last 40 years and it's been a, a, almost a, a magical kind of relationship. Every Christmas. Teen Challenge comes in and uh, there's a a gift exchange that uh, goes on that uh, means so much to the students and it's just such a powerful ministry, powerful time and for those of you who don't know, Teen Challenge is a Christian ministry that helps people who are dealing with different kinds of life controlling problems. It could be drugs and alcohol or depression or any any number of things. And the one remedy, the only remedy that Teen Challenge has, is Christ. And it's through that one-year relationship, living at Teen Challenge, where they learn all that uh, that God has for them, that uh, they overcome. Uh, According to the uh, United States government, they uh, tested one of our centers. And by government standards, we have an 86% cure rate at Teen Challenge. Amazing, isn't it? And that's part of the connection of our church to ministries outside our church. As far as Christ for India, they've been involved with our church almost from the very beginning. Uh, I became aware of them through my uh, brother and sister-in-law. And since then, they—they right, right after that, they came in and uh, Pastor Thampy uh, immediately developed a relationship with uh, then uh, Pastor Bob Koch and then uh, now with uh, Pastor Tim and at any rate uh, Pastor Thampy's sons have connected and and, uh, it's an incredible relationship where we're feeding into their ministry in India. And more people than, than we can number are coming to the Lord because of it. And we've been connected with that for almost 40 years. So between those two ministries, lots of people have come to the Lord. Lots of people's lives have been changed. And it's all because of people like all of us that have helped and have stayed connected and have been a part of it. So anyway, we're looking to the next 40 years and we'll see what happens.
2: Good morning, Real Life. Uh, I want to, first of all, congratulate you on 40 years uh, and your transition into your new name. I think it's an excellent name, and I'm really excited to see all the great things that you guys are going to do going forward. Uh, I've always been uh, very impressed by your congregation, by the church community that you have, and uh, just the great things that you do for our community. I know, me personally, uh, some of the things that I appreciate the most about you. your, your community, your group that you help out with us is, for example, the parent-teacher conference meals and all those things. I personally try to make sure those are scheduled on separate days so I can enjoy them in each building and consume as much as possible. Um, so uh, don't tell every, any, any of the teachers that's my dirty little secret. Um, but uh, you know the cookies, the support, uh, many of you offer mentorships over in our Choice program. Um, And I really, really uh, appreciate that. Those kids appreciate that. They appreciate having somebody to talk to. The volunteer opportunities when when we're allowed to come over and and help prepare for the Easter egg hunt and things like that. And a lot of people um, have those uh, jobs and things for those kids to do and they're great for the resume and they're just great opportunities for the kids to get out into the community and help out. You guys are always willing to help or willing to allow us to do things within your community and within your church. And I just think that we are incredibly blessed to have you in our lives. And above all things, I know for a fact that uh, many of you pray for each one of us by name. And and that means a lot. It has been very difficult, we know, over the past couple of years. But even even in the good times, it's nice to have a few prayers and a good word uh, sent up above. And, and we greatly appreciate that. Um, we love you. We thank you. And um, we look forward to a great year. Thank you.
0: So we are called to a mission. Matthew 28 19 says, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we've been commissioned by Jesus, and every opportunity that we have is sacred. Every moment that we have, every interaction we have with other people is holy. It is a moment where god could enter the scene and change their life forever we don't wait for a service we are the church we don't uh wait for god to show up god is with us he's in us the holy spirit is upon us so at any moment in any interaction that we have whether it's at school or at a grocery store or at practice or at our job or walking the the sidewalks of our neighborhood Whenever we have an interaction with anyone who's lost, it is a sacred moment, and God could enter that scene at any second, and a life could be changed forever. That's who we are. This is the church. The Bible says in Colossians 4 5, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity, because this is our mission. And we are empowered to be his witnesses. Uh, Jesus said in Acts 1 8, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You will have the power to witness of my love and witness of my power. So the church is called to go. So we go into the world, but we're not of the world, right? Instead, we bring light into the darkness. We bring truth to bear upon lies. We bring life to overcome death. We bring freedom in the midst of bondage right? We bring health out of sickness and hope out of despair. So there's a transformative power of God that goes with us everywhere we go. And, uh, you know, our history as a church, uh, there's no way I could cover it all, but just to kind of cover some of these things uh, over the last 40 years, we have gone through so many open doors of taking that, that news and taking a message of love to our community here and all the way abroad. Uh, We just finished our Real Life Kids Camp. We've been doing that for 25 years, preaching the gospel to children in our community to, to understand at their level how much God loves them and the purpose that God has for their lives. Many years ago at the beginning, we were partnered with an organization called Link Inc- or Love Incorporated. And uh, this Love Incorporated, we are a clothing center for people who needed clothes. We also recently had a, a ministry called Rachel's Closet, where we offered free clothes to all the children in school. Of course, we've been supporting Christ for India for about 35 years. And just in the last 13 years, Um, We have given over $156,000 in reaching the lost and supporting Christ for India. I can't tell you how many souls have been saved because of our support to that ministry. People who have never heard the name Jesus, never heard the gospel because of our support in this ministry, have heard the gospel, have responded by faith, and have been saved in Jesus' name. From Montrose all the way to India. It's amazing what God has called us to do and be a part of. In the last five years, we've supported Cindy's Hope in Africa. And we've invested over $40,000 in those schools and in children hearing the gospel. And not just getting the gospel and being saved, but being discipled under Cindy's Hope uh, in her schooling. It's just incredible what she's doing over there. And as I already mentioned, Teen Challenge in Saginaw. We have them over every December and celebrate what God is doing in their ministry together, seeing people's lives changed. We've been in the Choice School here in Montrose for many years, probably about eight or nine years. Uh, we supported our teachers in our schools with teacher luncheons, uh, many years ago, we had a, a shepherd center, downtown Clyle and we created this thing called The Gap, which was a video game place for youth. And after school, kids would come there and play video games, and then we would stop all the games and preach the gospel and minister to young, young people. Um, we've also, as you know, uh, for many years, have done a fall event we call now Light the Night. And we have Hundreds of people come here, and we're just loving our community. Of course, we have our Easter community egg hunt um, every year as well for this community. And we're trying to extend love. We're trying to extend the awareness of God. And we're trying to preach the gospel in a variety of ways so people have the opportunity to get right with him and get saved. That's our mission. Real life is not a church with passive participants, right? We're not just a religious organization, Uh, We are not lazy. We're not comfortable. We're not religious. We're not fake. We don't want to be unmoved or without compassion. We don't want to turn a blind eye. We don't want to be preoccupied or too busy to help or love people. We don't want to be greedy or selfish or worldly. Instead, who are we as real life, as, uh, as sons and daughters of God? Who are we? Well, we are a group of people who are engaged Worshippers of god right we come not to watch worship but to give worship and we are all pursuing the presence of power of god we're also growing disciples of jesus we want to be more like jesus we want to know him we want to read and study and memorize the bible we want our minds to be renewed and transformed and so we're growing we're changing we're being transformed into Jesus, right? And the more we do that, the more freedom we experience and the more joy fills our heart. We are relationally committed believers, right? We desire to choose to love one another, to choose to have real, authentic relationships with each other. We are choosing to live life together. That's who we are. Uh, We're not just showing up and punching a religious clock or checking off some boxes. We're actually doing life together. From the very beginning, this is how this church has functioned. And we are spirit-empowered, gospel-peddling, abundant-life-modeling evangelists. Come on. (laughs) And we are deeply determined to have an eternal impact by winning souls and transforming lives for the glory of God. That's who we are. And that is who I am challenging you to be. This is who we are. This is what the church does. It's individuals touched by God who's now reaching out to touch others with God's love. This is who you are, and we celebrate all that we have done and all those that we have reached over the years, but we recognize we are not done yet. Our mission is not finished yet. As long as there is one person who has not heard the gospel and been given the opportunity to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, the mission of the church is not finished, is not accomplished. That's why we're still here. That's why Jesus has not returned yet. And Jesus says it this way in Matthew 24:14, "And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, then the end will come." And so one of the ways that we speed the coming of Jesus is to finish our mission on the earth, to preach the gospel to all the nations, every tribe, every tongue that Jesus might be Lord and Savior of everyone. And so let's go, church. Let's get fired up. Let's get excited. Let's get that fresh fire that we need from God. And let's continue to run our race with perseverance, the one that's marked out for us. Your course is a little different than my course, but we all have a course to run. We all have people to impact. And that's what real life is all about, is recognizing, wow, humbly, we have an amazing purpose and mission to fulfill in our lifetime. We are here to do that with the help of God and through God's power and strength, we're going to accomplish the mission God put before us. We're going to run the race God has for us to run, and we're going to cross that finish line together. Amen? Well, as we uh, close, as I close this, this message here... I want to give you an invitation. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you haven't experienced this gospel yet personally in your life, I want to invite you to today, right now, get saved. Give your life to Jesus and respond to the gospel. Paul puts it this way in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, because of your sin, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been promised or proclaimed to every creature under heaven. And Jesus put it this way in John 5, 24. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes, you've just heard it. Do you believe it? He says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to save for everyone who believes. If you are ready to believe in the gospel, in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then pray this prayer with me right now and get saved and know God. And be fired up and filled with His Spirit so you can fulfill your purpose in God, your destiny in Him, and you can spend eternity in heaven with Him. So if that's you, pray this prayer with me right now, okay? Say, Jesus, thank you that you came to rescue me and save me. I believe that you lived a sinless life. That you went to the cross and died and shed your blood for my sin to save me and to forgive me. And that God raised you from the dead, validating all that you taught and all that you did on my behalf. So today, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart, Jesus, you are Lord. You are my Lord. And I surrender my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me and setting me free. And now I ask for you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so I had the power to live this new life in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. (laughs) Amen. Hey, I celebrate with you and all of heaven because you just got saved and born again. And now you gotta get into your, the Bible, start to read, listen to what God is saying to you, get connected to our church or to another church near you if you can't make it here, and begin to grow and become more like Jesus because you have a destiny in him. And I would like to pray the blessing of God over each and every one of you as I close this message this morning. So just uh, just receive the blessing of the Lord, okay? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Love you guys. Hope to see you Saturday, September 11th at 6:30 for Fresh Fire. Have a great day and a great week in Him. Amen.